What's a speedrunning hot take that will have you end up like this? And it's Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants, like chains to a keg, uh, being jeered by a crowd as he uh, looks completely indifferent. So Jcar tweeted this out. This actually got quite a lot of responses. One that stood out to me and the one that was shown to me first was from Trihex. Trihex, a very old school speedrunner. One of the first most popular speedrunners maybe, you could say. Speedrun Yoshi's Islands. Yeah, Trihex has his own emote on Twitch because he was one of the OGs of the website. But he says here, grinding for world record in most highly competitive games is no longer worth the time sink compared to other potential content ideas. Reading this first, I was like, well, if you want to win, it's still worth it. But adding this qualifier compared to other potential content ideas is, is totally right. The amount of content you can make grinding the same speedrun over and over again on YouTube is you know, quite limited. My How This Even Ended episodes, when they first came out, were able to do at least decently, I think, in part because people hadn't seen endless speedruns at that point. Speedrunning was still uh, a newer kind of thing. Uh, but also people hadn't seen endless GTA 5 speedruns. If I started making How This Even Ended again today, I don't think it would be as interesting. Although, I think my speedrun had an advantage that I was doing six hour runs. So finding 15, 20 minutes of highly unusual weird things that happened is easier than a person who's doing like the same half an hour speedrun over and over and over again, right? Um, failing in roughly the same ways. But certainly when you get down to a point where like losing a second, cutting a corner slightly incorrectly can lead you to lose a speedrun, you'll be resetting a lot and I think it probably doesn't make for the best content. With that being said though, I think it is less of an issue on Twitch because for Twitch, it's mainly that you want consistent background noise and someone like grinding a Mario Kart for world records. Who's that guy? Uh, Abney, that's it. Yeah, he, he's always there. He's got a good audience. And I mean, he, he can be just doing like one time trial over and over and over again. He's still got hundreds of viewers doing it. And that game came out like what, 20 years ago. So there's still clearly an audience for that. But translating that into consistent, say daily YouTube content is much more difficult. People on Twitch are much more okay with things being boring background noise than on YouTube. Uh, Carl in chat saying, uh, I said back in 2019, speedrunning content is a gold rush. And four years later, it's still majorly undersaturated. Undersaturated. The percent of people who actually succeed who try to make decent speedrunning content has to be higher than any other niche in existence. Oh, you're saying there aren't that many big speedrunning content creators, and you're saying the market could absolutely support more? I think it's hard to get a complete picture of all the speedrunners who exist. Because intermittently through like other videos uh, where people talk about speedruns, like, even yours, I'll hear about content creators who are doing fairly okay or even very well on YouTube that I've never heard of before. I do think though that for the reasons that Trihex points out here is that most people don't stick to speedrunning. They move into challenge runs because at the end of the day, a speedrun is just a challenge run. It's just one type of challenge run. And if you limit yourself just to speedrunning, you're limiting yourself in what content you can make. You may as well speedrun, but also do challenge runs that can also have a speed component where you limit yourself particular ways that can create interesting gameplay scenarios. If your goal is to make content, doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again isn't necessarily the best way to do that. Even if, as I've argued, you can get some level of notoriety, especially when you're really small by being the best speedrunner in a fairly popular game. Back to Trihex. Outside of the niche of routine speedrunning spectators, for most normies, world record is only one day's worth of content. The spectacle fizzles within a week. This reminds me of when Mario Odyssey came out and world record was being traded hands like every single week or whatever. And you'd have one person who consistently have like a thousand, two thousand viewers because they had world record. Then they'd lose world record and the next day they'd have like 200 viewers because it would just, the audience would move on. But in this world where you want to have daily uploads on YouTube and stuff, grinding for world record to have that one 
huge world record video is not worth it in most cases. Especially if you make the world record, you don't present yourself as an interesting, engaging character while doing it. You have one of those people who just sits there like grinding, just focusing, they barely say anything and they just play the game. If you make a world record video that like showcases you as a sick, interesting person, you probably pick up more viewers long-term for potentially other content. But a lot of people who get world records these days have to just focus on the world record. You, you can't be making jokes and, and engaging with chat in a fairly interesting way. You have to be 100% of your attention on the game. That wasn't always the case, especially when I was big, right? You could be a little bit sloppy, uh, a little bit messy, talking to chat, uh, being a bit casual, and still get world records. But these days, not as much so. Like if you go back and watch my 100% world record for GTA 5, one of the most popular videos of all time, still gets people watching it to this day. It is a fun video. It's not just a world record in GTA 5. It is a fun ride throughout, has interesting conversations, interesting things happen certainly, but I am not just dead. And, and that was back then when I wasn't as good of a streamer as I am now. Not that I'm particularly good anyway. It's just a completely different environment of things. You want content that presents that you have the capability to make other interesting content other than simply getting world record, you know? You stopped actually speedrunning when you started YouTube? I mean, your content doesn't focus around you speedrunning though. I mean, I know 007 speedrunning is popular in terms of like how many runners run it, but it's not super popular in terms of like YouTube content. And I think it'd be a hard thing to do as well, making that out of the runs themselves, especially because a lot of it isn't very visual. Trihex goes on to illustrate, if getting world record in insert any top 50 speed game on speedrun.com ranked by most active users took me six to 18 months of dedicated grind, Besides farming the journey it took to get there, which, which already requires you to care about me and not the speed game itself, same time could have had 10 times the opportunities doing original speedrun adjacent video concepts and seeing what sticks with Twitch audience and YouTube algorithm. Yeah, as he says, are you more likely to get success in content creation if you grind for world record to six to 18 months, or if you try throwing a bunch of different ideas at the wall in regards to all the different challenge runs that exist, or, you know, speedrunning essays and all that jazz. And honestly, it's, yeah, I think you have a better chance with the diversified content. But I mean, both are very difficult. I know of a lot of people who, you know, try to do that. I'm going to beat Fallout with only using a shovel and stuff, and they only get a couple of thousand views or whatever. It's, it's a hard thing to crack into regardless of what you're trying to do. But especially when you're talking about the most, you know, popular games, if you grinded for six to 18 months, you wouldn't even necessarily get there. <laughs> you wouldn't even necessarily get world record for all that effort. With effort spent on diversified content, other ideas, you at least get something for that. Your goal is to make an interesting, entertaining video as opposed to, you know, beating everyone and hopefully making a world record that's interesting. I, I agree with this sentiment. Trihex continues, this take excludes when a new release happens as naturally that is carried by mass audience interest. It is Googled, searched and sought across platforms. Sure, yeah. Because having world record in that, at that point, everyone's talking about it. Um, you get a lot more traction, true, true. And, and as well then, at that point, you don't need to grind for six to 18 months. You can just get world records back to back to back to back, you know? And because it's constantly changing backwards and forwards, there's a conversation happening there. But even then, it's hard to maintain and keep that audience because the world record keeps changing all the time. But even those who only had world record for a bit at least got some notice for potentially lesser effort. It's also a lot easier to make videos at that point because there's always new discoveries being found. You can make videos about the discoveries as well. Upon thinking about it, I wonder if the more difficult skill is being good at a game or being good enough storyteller to make successful videos talking about good players Statistically, I mean both hard. It's often the case that people who are good at speedrunners aren't necessarily good content creators. I would say most of them probably aren't trying to be necessarily. 
Or at least there's a significant portion who just like speedrunning and want to speedrun and like the idea of being the best. And I think we were all there at one point. Every person who currently makes speedrunning content right now, probably at some point in time, was more focused on just being very good, getting the best time, achieving that goal. Looking at speedrunning through a content creator lens almost cheapens it in a way. I think it was, well, it was certainly more pure when it was just a bunch of greasy people sitting in their basements just trying to get the best times as opposed to, man, I need to get that world record to get that good YouTube video. But that's just how it is. Uh, the growth of YouTube and Twitch and all the money involved and stuff. And then there's actually a dollar sign that you can attribute to getting a world record at a particular time. It's just changed things. And obviously that's the business I'm in. I'm not shitting on it completely, but it's just different. Better in some ways, worse than others. But I can look back at my oldest content, even my oldest world records, and I am far less engaged, far less interesting than I am now. I talk far less. Um, in part because I was so much more focused on the game and I was I more cared about getting a good time as opposed to being super high energy engaging. It's also, as we've talked about before, the problem with a lot of YouTubers who come to try to live stream is they try and keep up their energy for the entire time. That YouTuber, hey guys, what's up? Let's go. And I've kind of got into that kind of attitude with YouTube myself. And so I feel boring when I speedrun. I'm not talking enough. I'm not doing enough. And it just makes me frustrated. I don't have that speedrunner mindset anymore. Trihex continues, if anything, this is meant to bring enlightenment that the most lucrative future in speedrunning content is speedrun law rather than objective speedrunning itself. The most lucrative? The problem with speedrunning law videos is there's only a finite amount of them that you can really make. There's only so much law that exists uh, exists in games that people actually care about. I see people make speedrunning law videos about stuff that no one cares about and they get nowhere. So I've talked about one short eye. How he does like speedrun documentaries, analyses of point-and-click adventure games. I've liked a lot of these videos, some of them less, some of them uh, more. But there's only so many point-and-click adventure games that exist that he knows about and can make videos on. And he makes a video like, what, once a month or something and gets maybe 100,000 views. Like this is not, I can quit my job for this amount of money kind of stuff. He's getting 50,000 views a month, that's, that's nothing. As much as I like these videos and I think, I mean, clearly he's making them more for the passion of it rather than being the biggest thing in the game. But you can see how speedrun documentaries, it, it really depends on like the content that you're focusing on. Like I'm in a discord with something like 50 people who make this content and the degree of success is hugely varied, but none of them are extremely successful relative to the wider YouTube uh, platform, which is why I think anyone who becomes successful in speedrunning will eventually move over to uh, challenge run content because it's so much more varied. You can more easily farm a uh, successful game and it's quicker content to make as well. So like Summoning Salt, chief among the speedrun documentarians, very successful, uh, very well respected in the community, deserving of the success that he has clearly in that he's basically pioneered a genre. He's, he's doing very well right now, 5 million views a month. That's awesome, right? He's, he's grown from back here as well, but he has his dips because he can't release a video like every single day like the algorithm wants. But Smaller, for example, like he's getting 11 million views right now and he's way past his peak, as am I, let's be real. Smaller's worst month is is better than Summoning Salt's best one. Just because you can push out far more content far more easily doing those variety challenge runs sort of stuff. You got to dedicate yourself to making one video a month. You got to be doing really good with those videos for it to really make economical sense. But if you're making a video every day, every week or, or whatever, um, you're through live streaming, through challenge runs, you can you can miss more often. You can get fewer views. You can uh, build yourself uh, potentially faster. So like, I, I understand what he's saying here in terms of that this is a very lucrative area of speedrunning, but I don't think it's the most lucrative if you're accepting that, or challenge runs even with a timer, 
is at least speedrunning adjacent. And that is clearly the most lucrative part of speedrunning. But I mean, I mean, if every speedrunner just become it, became a challenge runner, would speedrunning really even exist kind of thing? So basically, generally agree with Trihex here. Slight tiny disagreements, but I think are a very insightful post. So another speedrunning hot take, this time from friend of the show, Liquid Wi-Fi, speedrunner of Simpsons Hit and Run, fellow Aussie. He says, modern day speedrunning fucking sucks. Speedrunning used to be overall community thing. Many people from many games used to support each other a lot. Now it's segmented between games so heavily. I think the only reason back in the day you saw more cross-pollination between different speedrunning groups is because there were so much fewer of them. The community was smaller, so it made more sense for everyone to know everyone kind of thing. And that's probably what's changed the most. You cannot follow everyone who is big in every game. In the same way that once upon a time I knew like all the top Twitch streamers, I could, I could have listed them all. Now there's just too many. There's too many big ones. I don't really think that that's a bad, okay, rather, I think that's a bad thing, but the positives of that, that there's so many more people speedrunning and individual communities can be much larger of people who support each other. Like, that's better, I think. I don't think it was better when there was so much support between other communities, if the only way that could be achieved is if all the communities were smaller, which I think wouldn't necessarily be, have to be true. It's also very unfortunate, the live speedrun scene is dying. Events like GDQ and live speedruns as a whole are at an all-time low. Grinding for world records simply is not worth it. The value is in using speedrun skills elsewhere and making content that way. Speedrun related content is far more valuable than speedruns themselves. Kind of like what we talked about before with uh, talking about Trihex's statement. Is it dying? I don't know about it dying. I still see runners getting like thousands of viewers. Like there are more popular speedrunners today than probably ever before. But that's just because there's so many more people speedrunning, making content compared to, you know, five years ago or ever. Does grinding for world record not get viewership on Twitch? I think it still does. There are still people who want to sit around, watch a person grind for world record, especially as like a comfort background thing. The only downside of doing that is you can't make it into YouTube content as easily, right? People are more accepting of how this even ended back when there was less speedrunning content, but I, I don't think they'd be as accepting of it now. And my numbers, when I made the remaining few episodes kind of suggest that. Compared to my other content, it was not doing particularly well. Distortion 2 gets good views. Yeah, there's still definitely people getting good views, getting world records, but often it's like, as Distortion 2 does, jumping onto the new game. Because it's new, everyone wants to see the new world record, rather than trying to grind out world record in uh, older titles. Like, Unnamed is king of GTA 5 speedrunning right now, and he gets a couple of hundred viewers. He, he, is, he is as big as I was when I was doing it, I think. I don't think he's speedrunning for the views on, on Twitch. He can be insane, obviously. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't think he's trying to crank up those Twitch numbers necessarily. But who, who knows? I shouldn't speak to his um thoughts. Distortion being the best speedrunner, he's in the top 50 English streams for being watched and stuff. What I'm saying is I think there is still some viewership in speedrunning on Twitch. I think there is still some viewership in speedrunning on YouTube. But as the point he's trying to make here, is it is more lucrative to move your speedrunning skills into tangentially related things like challenge runs. And I don't think events like GDQ and live speedruns as a whole being at an all-time low is just because of there being like more competition in people moving to onto challenge runs and other speedrunning content and making YouTube videos and stuff. I think it's just because speedrunning is no longer as special as it once was. Everything gets speedrun. It's the second something comes out, speedruns. Day one, instant, second. Like think about this guys, think how crazy this is. There was not any speedruns on the leaderboards for GTA 5 for like months. I don't know what was really going on back then. And I came on 
to GTA 5, like late 2014. So the game had already been out for like a year and very few people were running it. Can you imagine GTA 6 coming out and people not speedrunning that instantly? Speedrunning just isn't a special anymore. It's just a part of the gaming ecosystem. It's not a niche little thing that some sweaty dudes are doing now. It isn't, oh, I wonder if there's a speedrun of this. It's like, look, I'm going to look up one of the 807 speedruns that have been done of this in the last four days since its release. If you love the game and don't care about content, none of this matters. Yeah, there are still heaps of people who are just speedrunning for the satisfaction of it. Although, maybe even those people are like, I don't think I can succeed in the content space. So I'm not even going to try it. I'm just going to speedrun for the satisfaction of it. Because you got to remember, when I first started speedrunning, it wasn't out of the belief that I would necessarily become like a big time guy on Twitch or YouTube and certainly it was a is a long shot that it happened as it did. I just speedrun because I really liked it. Yeah. So interesting take by Wi-Fi. I agree. 80% or something. Odd me here says D1 speedruns are the most pathetic attention seeking thing you can do for five minutes of fame. It's such a meanless world record that will get broken within a week at most while you fade into irrelevancy and lose all your early pace pal viewers. I think a lot of leaderboards actually put a block so people can't submit times in say the first couple of weeks maybe even a month for game releasing obviously that's not universal though it just depends on the particular community and it usually relies on people it like being the second game in a franchise so there's already a dedicated um, group of speedrunners who are expected to play the game i don't know if it's still the case once upon a time to become a moderator of a speedrun on speedrun.com all you had to do was as long as there were no runs already submitted just do a run submit it and say hey these leaderboards don't exist make me moderator i'm sure it's it, it must be handled better than that these days like you must be able to show some credentials like, oh, I'm the moderator of this earlier game. I should be moderator of this as well. Else, I could imagine that would be one of the things that would inspire people to speedrun day one, like get the first speedrun done so you can sit, submit it to speedrun.com and become a moderator. I find that hard to believe. But again, would depend on the speedrun, would depend on the game. Do I think it's pathetic and attention seeking? If you're doing it specifically because you want viewer numbers, yeah, it is kind of sad. But in a competitive world of Twitch and YouTube, only a limited amount of attention being around. There are going to be so many people who are successful, da-da-da. If you really want to succeed, you know, these are the things you kind of got to do. You got to do stuff that other people aren't willing to do, maybe because of their dignity. Not wanting to be the, the greasy guy trying to get ahead of everyone rather than enjoy a game. Because that's in part what the block is meant to do. Allow people to enjoy the game when it comes out. Like, I'm not going to have that luxury with GTA 6 where I can just play the game and just enjoy it and stuff and just make my own way through the game and then later on make content. I'm going to be making content day one or people are just going to crush me. And that's sad. You know, that's that's the business of it. And I, I enjoy the business of it and I will still enjoy the game despite having to make content out of it. I, I say, like, I'm forced to make content. I want to make content. I want to enjoy the game. And I'm going to balance my desire for both. I can't just purely spend time enjoying it or purely spend time playing it for business reasons. Uh, I'll balance them both because I care about both. I mean, a speedrun.com moderator is not something really to brag about. You'd be surprised at how little power is necessary for it to go to some people's heads. It's where those stereotypes of Discord moderators being like aggressive, overbearing, sweaty people comes from. They become the, the moderator of Discord and then uh, they just start harassing people and abusing their power and stuff. And I'm sure speedrun.com is the same. Some people are just a little bit sad, you know, looking for that little bit of attention, looking for... Uh, Someone to say, hey, you mean something. So do I agree with this person? In general, I think they have a point. Like, is there, are there always going to be enough speedrunning stories? Like, I, in the Discord I'm in, I, I believe there has been a case or two of where people have sort of butted heads 
because they both want to cover a story. I remember there was a, a huge development in, in Mario 64 and those videos usually do well. And at least four people I knew made videos about them. And I watched two of them. And I saw the third recommended to me and I was like, I've seen this. Like, I, I don't I don't need to see this right now. I, I've got like 50 other videos I need to watch and I've already seen this story. I like this dude. I wish him success with it, but he was the third one out. So I, I, just, I just can't watch it. And the more people who enter that space, the more likely that's going to happen. Because again, there's only a finite amount of popular speed, speed games with good stories in them. And not all speed games even, uh, it even makes sense for videos to be made around them in, in the vein of Summoning Salt which is the problem with GTA 5. Like there's, there's no way anyone could ever make a video that goes through the speedrunning history of GTA 5. At least doing it justice. You could certainly cut it down to effectively nothing, but very different from covering a short 20 minute speedrun that was uh, that has like 20 years of history. And as well as time moves on, more people leave the space, more stuff is deleted, probably harder and harder to make the really long speedrunning documentaries that go back all the way to the beginning. Stop! Now that I have your attention, hit the like and subscribe button. Thank you. I wish you all the best.